Hi, everyone. I'm Linya Floyd, an award-winning journalist and one of the co-hosts of the Scarlet Society podcast. Today, I'm inviting you to put a crown on your head, settle into your throne, and become a boundary-setting queen. This episode is for every woman who ever wondered why no never seemed to work as a complete sentence for her why people-pleasing is leading to exhaustion, and why she can't stop worrying about what other people will think if she doesn't say yes to taking on more work at her job, driving an extra shift for the carpool, cooking dinner tonight again, and, well, you get the picture here. On today's show, we have Wendy Sterling, a certified divorce specialist, grief consultant, and boundary-setting expert who has helped thousands of women across the country. After ending her own 16-year marriage, Wendy saw firsthand the lack of support divorced women experience in moving through pain, fear, and anger to experience joy, self-worth, and freedom again. She channeled her energy into building a wildly successful business in just two years that helps women heal their wounds and their victim mindset and reclaim their identity. Wendy's expertise has been featured in more than a hundred media outlets, and she is also the host of her own podcast, The Divorced Woman's Guide. When she's not showing her clients how to turn the most painful moment of their lives into the most empowered moment of their lives, you can find Wendy spending quality time with her two teen boys in Los Angeles, California. Wendy and I had an electric conversation about how to figure out what your boundaries even are. We also talked about times in life when your boundaries are the weakest and how to strengthen them. And Wendy served up some one-line scripts that will help you maintain your boundaries even when you feel like they're crumbling. Listen up and never have your boundaries bulldozed again. You're listening to the Scarlet Society Podcast, the show that encourages women over 40 to be excited, curious, and even turned on by starting the second half of their life. This is the show for support, community, and conversation about everything that goes along with this season, from sexual health and wellness to sexual exploration, finances, monogamy, and relationships. No topic is off limits. Let's dive in. So, Wendy, I am absolutely thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here with us today talking all about boundaries. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be a great discussion because boundaries are something that everybody could use a little bit more of, I feel like. But let's first start at the very beginning and talk about why they're so important. What is the big deal about boundaries? Why should we care? That's a great question because I had no idea what the answer was (laughs) um, even just five years ago. So um, boundaries are really important because they tell you and other people where you end and somebody else begins. Mm. And if anybody out there is like me, I was very confused about what that looked like. And what boundaries are intended to be are rules, guidelines, limitations that you create so that other people know what is safe, permissible ways that they get to interact with you. And so, so many of us think that we have boundaries in place, but in fact, 
you may, but you're not communicating them in a way that is either being heard or respected. So it's really important that you understand the difference between a healthy versus unhealthy, loose versus rigid boundary. I love what you just said there because people might, basically people might have boundaries in their minds, but unless you're communicating them, it doesn't count is basically what you're saying. And I don't think, I I can't remember the last time someone really clearly communicated their boundaries with me. So that says something. Yeah. It, you know, and so many of us, you know, and even with so many people that I talk to, they're like, oh yeah, I totally have boundaries. And I'll ask for an example. And, you know, what I end up hearing is that, well, you tried to set one, but then you got bulldozed by the other person and you compromised. And I'm not saying that there isn't compromise involved in, you know, engagements with other people in communication. But what I care about is you feeling confident that the boundary that you're still compromising on still aligns for what feels right for you. And so many of us, that's not the case. What ends up happening is that they actually are, um, they're, they're not fully honoring themselves when they are in that negotiating process. And so what, what I hope your listeners get from our conversation today is, is understanding what it means to really communicate, be heard and feel respected when you are communicating those boundaries and doing so from a place of power. Because what I know to be true is that when we have our boundaries clear and clearly communicated, it actually creates stronger relationships with the people in your life, whereas we think that it's actually going to push people away, which is something that a lot of people make the mistake of. Yeah, we I and I think I fall into that uh, category. I'm sure a lot of the other Scarlet Society women who are yes. listening fall into that category. We think that having those distinct boundaries is going to break things down and we fall into that people-pleasing mode and we let our boundaries down exactly. when in reality you're saying it's the opposite. Yeah. Exactly. So tell me something about why a lot of the times this is a struggle for women in particular. Why do women have such difficulty creating firm boundaries? Well, number one, you just said it. We tend to be people pleasers and we really, really strive to make other people happy before we really check in and wonder, does that make us happy too? (laughs) And so what ends up happening is that we put other people ahead of ourselves. And that is where we lose sight of what is important to us. And the Mm. way in which we understand what is important to us is by clearly identifying what your values are. Because what I've learned over the last couple of years of becoming that boundary setting queen that I am is that my boundaries are derived from my values. So what is super important to me in my life? And how do I align my decisions, my choices, my words with those values. And so when I am engaging with other people and I feel like my boundaries are being stomped on, what I do a check-in with are, wait a second, 
is this because my boundaries are not being honored? So how do I make sure that in, in setting these boundaries with this person or, you know, whether that be a colleague, a, a spouse, a child, a family member, a friend, it's getting back in touch with your values, right? Like mm. what makes you tick? What is your North compass? Because many times we struggle with that slowdown, being present with our thoughts to then understand, wait a second, am I doing this for them or is am I still being fulfilled during this decision or with this decision that I'm making? Now, I love that we're talking about values. I don't think that that's something that people think about very often. So I would love for you to share with our listeners, what are some of your core values? What are some core values that your clients have expressed to you so that they can just kind of get their juices flowing, thinking about what their values are? Yeah. So values are things like, you know, for me, my top two values are integrity and respect. Um, other values can be uh, connection, fun, friendship, communication. Um, you know, the, my clients, especially the ones that I work with, you know, respect, honesty, uh, connection, love tend to be the higher priority mm. values that they have. And so mm. a lot of times our values are, you know, they're resonant within us. Like you have a physical reaction when you think about, gosh, I love being around people that are in integrity, right? Like that makes me feel really good. Like I feel like I shine when I'm around people who are in integrity because I know that when people are not in integrity, right? Or when people, I feel like people are being dishonest with me, I have a physical reaction and I need to remove myself, for example. Mm. So boundaries that I set when I'm around people that don't honor my value of integrity is I will either stop being friends with them or I will mm -hmm. remove myself from a situation. Um, with regards with respect, it's the same thing. It's communicating my boundary. I do not appreciate the language that I'm hearing, it hurts my feelings and I feel disrespected. And so that's how I communicate, for example, when my value of respect is not being honored, that's how I communicate what my boundary is, by naming it and removing myself or letting the other person know like, hey, this doesn't work for me that I am not okay with how I am being spoken to and naming what the consequence is. Now, a consequence isn't a punishment. What a consequence is, is you letting the other person know that you're not going to sit there and take on, you know, this disrespect, right? Mm. You're not going to sit there and be the recipient when you don't deserve that. No one mm. deserves to be disrespected. And so instead of seeing a consequence as a punishment, it's simply an action. It is an action that you take when you are out of alignment with your values. And so for me, respect is a really, really big one and one that you can come up with language in the I am, I feel, instead of pointing the finger at you disrespected me because the other person then shuts down, they're not going to hear you. But for you instead to say, I either I don't feel respected or I feel disrespected. And so I'm going to remove myself or I'm going to hang up the phone if mm. I continue to feel this way, right? So it's really about being able to communicate openly with people in your life from a place of 
this doesn't feel good. This has to do with me. This has nothing to do with you. And that's how you deepen the intimacy of the relationships that you have in your life, right? Like it's, it takes vulnerability. It takes vulnerability to create that intimacy with somebody. And many times when somebody hears that you, you're making someone feel a certain way, you go, oh gosh, that was not my intention. Um, and, and it just also opens the door for more communication. So it's super, super important that people get in tune with what their values are so that they know how to communicate. Because if you don't, what ends up happening is what I did when I was married, um, Mm. which was I became this volcano and I would just explode and I would yell and I wouldn't be heard versus, you know, when I slowed down and I went, okay, what value is not being honored in this moment right now? Then I could communicate, okay, I feel disrespected or I feel like I'm being lied to right now. And then that opens the door for conversation instead of you feeling like you can't open up or you're going to quote unquote react instead of respond. So I love that you brought up the I versus I feel language versus the you are, or you make this, or you always, I think those subtle shifts in language are so extraordinarily powerful. And I know that's some of the teaching that you do with the clients that you work with. Um, I would love for you to share a moment that you realized that you didn't have strong boundaries around you and what you decided to do about that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the story is the night that I discovered that my ex-husband was uh, having an affair and it was the Mm -hmm. night where I got punched in the gut to a place where I woke up to realizing that I didn't know where I ended and he began. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who I was. I had no idea um, how I had gotten to where I was in my life. And it was, you know, it, it was that that moment that you hope, right? You want to be wrong, but yet you know deep down that you're not. And part of wanting to be wrong is you not wanting to face, right, who you are, what you've allowed to occur in your life. And I think that, you know, in that moment, what was so eye opening for me was that I didn't know. Like, I remember there was this moment after I caught him and I confronted him that I looked in the mirror and I mm. had no idea who was staring back at me mm. because my identity was so closely tied to him. And I didn't know where I ended and he began a- until that moment when I realized. I didn't even know where that line was in the Mm -hmm. sand. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I remember I just, I said, I was like, no more, this is not going to happen anymore. And the way that I know that I really recognized and, and committed to creating boundaries with him and then, you know, ripple effect with other people in my life was using my voice in communicating my feelings about actions or decisions or ways in which I was being communicated with. And I'll never forget a couple of days later, um, you know, when he was coming to grab our kids, he pulled onto my driveway and I felt this like energy of negativity. And it was the first time I opened my mouth with a boundary to him. And I, and I said to him, I said, I do not feel comfortable having you drive on my property. Please wait at the curb Mm. and the boys will walk down the driveway. That is a, that is a geographic boundary. Yes, it is a geographic boundary. And and our most common boundaries are ones that we create around our time, our energy and our space. 
And so for me in that moment, it was the first time that I had really come to a place where I was like, you know what? I get to have what I want. I get to create what feels best for me. And in this moment, being around him was not an option. And I didn't want him on my property. Granted, it was our house <laughs> as a family, but I didn't want him there. And I, I didn't want... I didn't want to see him pull up. And so for me, just even saying, I don't feel comfortable with you driving on the driveway, please wait on along the, the, you know, the street was, I mean, I remember I, I like, did I really just communicate that? Did I really (laughs) just, did that just come out of my mouth? Right. You're like, wait, did I speak? And I did. And he listened And it was such a powerful moment for me, one that I remember, like, I mean, this happened, you guys, almost six years or five and a half years ago Mm. and and almost six years ago. Yeah. Five and a half, six years ago. And to this day, it was such a powerful moment because I went, I finally feel seen and heard. Mm. That was such an issue for me. And no matter how, you know, how loud I was, the, you know, the sternness of my tone that never worked, but this did. And it was mm. so powerful. And I will tell you and your listeners, I have not, I have not turned my back to creating language that works for me, for the people in my life that set boundaries that allow me to feel in resonance, right? To feel authentic, to feel like myself with all relationships and with all yes. people in my life. Yes. I love that. That is so beautiful, right? Having nice, clear, calm, firm boundaries, better than yelling, better than cursing, better than turning into a volcano, right? And exploding and easier and more gratifying and more immediate in terms of the the return on that emotional investment. I love that. All right. So Tell us a little bit more about how um, go into your divorce, how you how you became a divorce coach, and why boundary work is so not only tied to, you know, the transitional phase of going through a divorce, but any kind of really difficult transitional phase that someone might be going through in life. Why is boundary work so important for a lot of those phases, which can come in your forties and beyond, like a lot of our listeners? Yeah, and I'll also tell you, um, I have. I have certainly used my boundary work in different relationships in my life and especially recently um, around my grief. Um, Mm. I know you know, um, but my mom passed away in January and there's a lot of, you know, it's a whole other podcast episode, but, Mm. (laughs) but what that also taught me was creating boundaries with uh, family members in my life. So I'm going to answer this you know, kind of across the grief spectrum as well, which perhaps some of your listeners have also experienced um, because, you know, grief is something else that I do coach around. But the reason that I became a divorce coach was because of my experience. You know, I had, I knew I wanted to do something helping people. I wanted to work with people. And I had been in corporate for 20 years and I was in ad sales and I was leading teams. I was building these multi-million dollar regions. But what I truly loved was really supporting my team members and inspiring them to become like the best, you know, role that they, you know, the person in that role that they could become. And so when my divorce happened, my separation, really, I knew that there had to be a reason that this was happening for me. Mm. I was tired of being in my victim mindset of like, how did this happen to me? Why me? Am I not lovable? It got really old really fast. And so what I really 
empowered myself to do was to see the silver linings in my divorce. And for me, it wasn't like a one-stop shop where it was like, oh yeah, life coaching, done. No, there were all these different elements to my healing process that helped and, and I know helps my ideal client because it, there isn't just one thing, you guys. Like I was in therapy. Then I added in life coaching. Mm. I added in, you know, Reiki. I added in, I took spiritual psychology courses here in, I live in LA, down in Santa Monica. I studied to become a theta healer. I am also a sound bowl healer, like all these different elements, right? Because there wasn't just one thing. And so for me, it was really important for me to get my energy back to where I could pick myself up. I mean, there were days where just getting out of bed and getting my kids to school mm. was yeah. really hard. And I knew that if I was able to overcome the unexpectedness and the trauma of my divorce in a year, that I could accelerate this for my clients because I brought everything together. And at the foundation of what I learned was that boundaries were the number one thing that no one taught me growing up. I didn't have any in my marriage. I didn't have any with my kids. I didn't have any with my parents. That's now playing out in my grief around my mom passing with my dad. And so I'm at this place where I'm like, okay, not only do I need to figure out who I am, right? What my values are and who I am without, you know, the definition of this man in my life or my family, but I also need to know like, what is permissible? What is acceptable? What will I tolerate? What won't I tolerate? And that just, it opened my eyes to be able to go, oh, wait a second. I don't have to listen to my ego that's like, oh, you don't want to upset them or, oh, mm. you know, this is what's expected of you, Wendy. Or, you know, oh, that is just, that is not the way we've done things, mm. right? And so you have these inner voices in your head. And so what I what I got to learn and teach myself and also through my coaches was to really understand like what it meant to listen to myself, to really put those boundaries up, to be able to go, wait a second, just because that's what they need doesn't mean that it feels right for me. And so when we're going through these transitional phases, what I always say is that it is a blank canvas. It is an opportunity for you to hit the reset button, mm. not just on your own life, but also in your relationships with people. And so many times we don't give ourselves that permission. Now, I also want to say, don't use a transitional phase as an excuse. Start today. It doesn't matter if you're going through a transition or not. Everybody, any given time, can start setting boundaries with people. Mm. And it doesn't matter. I hear this all the time. Well, but if I do that, I haven't been doing that. It's just easier. I hear all these mistakes all the time. And I'm here to tell you, it may not work the first time like it did with me telling my ex-husband to stop driving on my driveway. You know, sometimes, it, it, or more times than not, it takes repetition. However, it's never too late. You can always rewrite boundaries in relationships with people in your life. And it's, it's always, it's always an option. Just choose it. Stop choosing what you've always done. Because let me ask you a question. How's it going? Yeah. How's it working out for you? Yeah. Because nine times out of 10, most of the women I talk to 
it's they're like, oh yeah, it's it's not really working out because when I say yes to this, then I can't do this. And we live by to-do lists and it's like, but I said yes to them. So why are you putting other people ahead of you? Why are you making other people a priority? That's the question I would ask yourself. Why do other people get to come first? I I love that you are reminding all of our brilliant listeners that they should not be at the bottom of their to-do list. And that is a struggle for us um, as women so often. So I totally get it. But having that reminder is so wonderful. I also loved the way that you were talking about how outside forces can kind of weaken or make our boundaries vulnerable, right? Going through a transitional phase, going through grief, going through something really difficult, Can you say more about how we internally weaken our own boundaries and very often in ways that we don't even realize that we're doing it, but what are some ways that we do that? Oh, yes. And we're all guilty of this. And I, I am so guilty of having done these things. And sometimes I fall back into it too. You guys, we're humans. We're not perfect. However, what I know to weaken our boundaries, the number one mistake that we make is oversharing, explaining. So when you, somebody asks you, hey, can you, uh, you know, can you, like, for example, my ex has done this and I used to just always give in and now I don't, but it'll be like, hey, can we just switch days or like, hey, can the kids stay with you just like a little bit longer? And you go, well, I don't think that's going to work for me because I've got this and the da, da, da. And what ends up happening is you open yourself up for negotiation (laughs) instead of, no, that doesn't work for me. Stop there. And so many times the reason we go into explanation is because guilt sets in. Oh, well, they'll understand. Like, I feel really bad. I'm so, how many of you apologize? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't. Ah, yes. Don't apologize. You owe nobody an apology. Unfortunately, that doesn't work for me. Or nope, that that just doesn't work today. No is the easiest, yet hardest, boundary that all your listeners can start using and practicing, right? We, we open ourselves up for dialogue. And then what happens? You totally lose course and you get sucked back into wanting to people please. Oh no, I'm disappointing somebody. Oh, I have mom guilt. Whatever it is, you're opening yourself back up. You don't know, you do not owe anybody an explanation around the, the word no. Yeah. Um, another thing is when we don't use our voice, right? The opposite, <laughs> right? Instead of just like, you know, stream of consciousness, you're just not responding. Mm. Silence is an answer. Yes, it is. However, if you are staying silent when somebody is requesting something that doesn't feel good to you, more times than not, you wind up just saying yes and you cave in. Mm. So who does that serve? Them or you? Another mistake that I hear people make, right, where we weaken our boundaries is we will start going into the place of, um, you know, the other, or perhaps the other person will go there, which is bringing your kids in. For those of you who have children, I hear this so many times where, you know, one person will start bringing the kids in or you bring the kids in in your mind going, mm. oh, if the kids find out I did this or, oh, I just, I don't want to upset the apple cart. Like I don't want to upset our kids. So, so many times we weaken our boundaries because we're afraid 
of what our children are going to think, right? When you're going, especially when you're going through divorce, you already have guilt about breaking up your family and you know that your kids are having their own experience and you feel responsible for their experience. But at the end of the day, what I have learned, right, in my own experience, I have two boys, and setting boundaries with them has been the one of the greatest lessons of my divorce, and, and, and holding space that they get to have their experience, and me caving in on my values and caving in on what feels good to me isn't going to help them. It's actually going to hurt them because then what happens? They get depleted mom. They get Mm. angry mom. Mm. And so you're not putting your best version of yourself out there for your kids when you're, when you're not honoring or you're weakening your boundary. Um, you know, and, and this might seem bold for some of your listeners, but when you don't honor your boundary, you're just allowing yourself to become a doormat. Mm. And, and I say that language because like it hurts, it stings. And I used to be a doormat. No more. I will not tolerate it anymore. I did that for four decades and I'm not going to do it anymore. I just won't. And the same comes into play. Like I'm having to learn, you know, even now through, through grief, like teaching my dad, stop grieving on me. Mm. You get to grieve. Grieving, grieving on me is not going to work because I have my own grief. Mm. So I've started setting boundaries with my dad around his grief. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this applies to anybody, whatever the transition is that any of your listeners are going to, like if you're break or going through, excuse me. And if it's a breakup with a boyfriend, stop answering text messages. That's another boundary. Like you think that you're writing to them and saying, stop, stop, stop. Well, the response is they're like, Ooh, I got them. Ooh, I got them. I still have them. (laughs) Yes. Delete, block, delete, delete. (laughs) (laughs) That is an easy boundary, right? Delete, block, that's an easy boundary. Yes. I love you breaking down how we weaken boundaries. I would love for you to say more about strengthening them. You talked a little about that earlier in a sense, right? Practice makes perfect. Keep, keep at it. You know, there's so many things that we don't get perfect the first time or the second time you have to practice, right? So keep practicing those boundaries. What else can we do to strengthen our boundaries and make them absolutely rock solid, impenetrable? Yes. And it's so much easier than your listeners think. So the first thing is going to go against what you've probably been doing this whole time. So I'm inviting you all to retrain your minds. Mm. And instead of going into immediate reaction mode, I'm going to invite you to do something that I call pausing. There is power in your pause. We live in a world of instant gratification, got to love our phones, and we have a love-hate relationship with our phones, right? Because we have grown into a society where there is an expectation of immediacy because we're all connected and we feel like we always have to give an immediate reply. No, you do not. (laughs) You get to take that in and go... How does this make me feel, right? It's almost like practicing mindfulness when you're setting boundaries, right? Is like taking a minute and pausing and going, okay, how do I really feel about this? Not what does my people-pleasing ego self want? 
how do I feel with this? Check in with your values. Does this honor me? And really think like, do I have time for this? Is this something that I can give 100% of myself to? Does this feel 100% in alignment for me? Not, is this going to make him happy? Is this going to make him go away? Is this going to make the kids happy? Is this going to be best for the kids? I hear that all the time, but it's best for my kids. Well, what's best for your kids doesn't mean it's best for you. So when you're doing things for other people, you're putting a pretty crappy version of yourself out there. So pause, just take a beat. You do not have to instantly reply. Nobody said that you have to. (laughs) I give myself like a 24 hour rule with my ex-husband, especially because there are triggers still. And I need a second to check in with myself and go, hang on, does this work for me? And there have been many times where I have said no, because it doesn't align. Do my kids know that I said no? No, because he's not going to be stupid enough to tell them, right? (laughs) He doesn't tell them. And so I invite you guys to just stop getting into story, right? Mm. We get into story. And so it's the power in the pause and it's, and it's that check-in with yourself. It is about you making sure, right? Does this honor? Um, Another thing that I invite my clients to do is Think about the relationships that you have in your life and times where you have had your boundaries stepped on or you know that there are um, certain asks that are constantly uh, being put upon you or you're allowing to be put upon you Mm -hmm. and come up with one-liner scripts right? that you practice. You have to, in order to strengthen your boundary, you can't just think them. You have to speak them out loud. I actually, one of the exercises I do with my clients is we work on that language together and Mm -hmm. they have to verbally speak it to me or, you know, text or um, voice text it to me so that they get in the habit because there's a difference between thinking what you want to say versus hearing your language come out of your mouth and it gets easier and it becomes um, a no brainer when you start saying it out loud. Wendy, and I have to know what some of those one-liners are. Can you give, <laughs> can you please no. share with our, <laughs> yes. oh, that was a firm boundary. <laughs> can you please share with our listeners what some of those one-liners uh, that they can even probably steal from themselves sound like? Yeah. So number one is no, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally no, that doesn't work for me or no, thank you. Uh, be polite, be respectful, be kind. I'm not saying be rude or mean or disrespectful. We can sure. still give kindness in our boundary setting. Um, another one, another one that I have used very often is, and this works for pretty much any situation. Like if you're also, if you are in person or if you're on the phone, a lot of times I will use the line, Hmm, interesting. Ooh, that's it. (laughs) Hmm. Interesting. Or if it's something, you know, there've been times where my ex and I have disagreed on things and I'll just say to him, instead of getting into a, a, we're Mm. so susceptible to getting into like, I'm an, I'm right. Right. We always want to be right. And so we get into this like tug of war, verbal altercation where you're, you just want the other person to hear you. And so what I have stopped doing is that. And instead what I do is, well, I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree. 
I guess we're going what are to, they have to say? agree to disagree. Because yeah. clearly you don't agree. What's the other person going to say? Let them say I'm right. And the biggest tip that I will give your audience is stop trying to reinvent the wheel every time the same boundary is not being honored. Oh, why are wait, you, why are you reinventing good. the wheel? Yes. Rinse and that repeat is what I call it. So you don't need to come up with a new one-liner. You don't need to say anything different. You can go back to your chosen phrase and at the same way that they're coming back to their chosen request. You don't exactly. have to keep jumping through hoops. Right. And the only reason we do is because we're like, oh, are they not hearing us? Mm. So we think, well, let me try it differently. Mm. Nope. They just don't like what you're saying. It's not that they don't hear you. They don't like it. (laughs) Rinse and repeat. And sometimes it's going to take seven, eight times. There was something that came up with me and my ex-husband. It was last summer. And it was, we were on vacation and he just kept hounding me about something. And I literally wrote him back and I said, um, no. And then he kept coming at me and I said, no, that doesn't work for me. And then he came at me again and I wrote him back and said, I have said no now three times. My answer is still no. Mm. And he finally backed off. Now this was a year ago and we have been separated for six years. Mm. Okay. So five years later, I'm still having to repeat myself three times to him about certain things. So don't give up just because you don't get the right answer the first time. Just stand in your power of the language that you use the first time. They don't like what you're saying. It's not that they don't hear you. So stop trying to reinvent the wheel. You're exhausting yourself for no reason. Let them be the one exhausted. I love it. I love it. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wendy. This advice has been pure gold and is going to definitely help people who are listening to the sound of your voice today start to make those very strong, impenetrable boundaries in their life that is going to bring them more joy, bring them more time, bring them more happiness, bring them closer relationships, all of the beautiful things that they want. Now, I'm a fan of One Hit Wonders, so if there is one thing that you want people to do after listening to you today and hearing about building unbreakable boundaries, what is that one action step you hope everybody within the sound of your voice right now will take? So it's what's coming to me is a quote that I use very often, and it applies to boundaries. And that is, other people's opinions of your words are none of your business. Mm. Stand in your power of what feels authentic for you and stop worrying about what other people think of you because what that does is it gives them power and you're giving it to them. So stand and keep your power, stand in and keep your power by not listening to their opinion about your words. Yes. I love that. Let's not weaken those boundaries as you were talking about by worrying about what other people will say. Stand in your power, ladies. I love that. Uh, All right, Wendy, please. I know that people will want to engage with you more. I know that our listeners are loving all the gems that you shared with us today. Where are you most active on social media so they know where to find you? And I hear that you might have like a little gift for them as well, a little free gift. 
Yes. So, well, first of all, I have my own podcast, so I would love for you guys to continue listening, the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. And uh, I also am across social media, predominantly Facebook and Instagram, and my handle is Divorce Rehab with Wendy. So those are the best places. I'm, I'm new to TikTok, so... I don't know if any of your listeners go there or not, but I'm playing with it and it's kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Oh, and the free gift. So um, I have a free downloadable of five steps that your listeners can start taking to start setting other boundaries for yourself in your life today. So there is a link for you guys to get a hold of that download and you all get to become boundary setting queens just like me. I love it. All right. So I'm ecstatic that everybody took a couple of steps while listening to becoming a boundary setting queen. I hope they get that free downloadable so they can take the next steps and keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Wendy. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. The same here. It's been an honor. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Your support means so much to us, and I hope you got some great value from today's episode. If you're looking for resources from today's show, or you'd like to join other women just like you, looking to explore their sexual health and wellness, visit us over at scarletsociety.com.